need to rush. Temptation is the thief of time well spent. One day you will know too well its power and leave. It is then that my fingers will wrap themselves around the naked branches of the grieving trees, my heart gripped by the icy tendrils of my winter. In that darkest night, the memory of your face will keep the earth from altogether dying. Even winter has its limits and the dark will only hold you for a while. I know the ebbs and flows of it all, I do, but that doesn't make it hurt any less, so. Sparkle softly, little one. Your fruit contains the seeds of a thousand moments of paradise, and there's no need to rush. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Forest Spirituality with me, Julie Brett. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful song. It's by Deep Sea Lights and it's called Demeter, Your Fruit. Um, I've got an interview coming up for you with um, with um, Gemma and Joe from Deep Sea Lights. Um, they happen to live just up the road from me, so it was very convenient um, to go and just hang out with them and have a chat about everything that they've been doing and, and how it um, feeds into their spiritual practices and and about Arwen and, yeah, and about um, the philosophies behind what they sing about. So um, it was really lovely to catch up with them. I hope you enjoyed that interview. But before we get to that, just a little bit of news. Uh, the Druids Down Under National Gathering isn't far off, so if you can make it to Sydney for the first weekend of March... Um, we're going to have workshops exploring the Australian um, landscape and nature, spirituality and druidry. Um, there's lots of different workshops. There's going to be rituals, one on the Friday night, one on Saturday night, one on um, Sunday afternoon. There's going to be market stalls with lots of creative um, works from people in the community. Uh, there's going to be um, also some things for kids, um, activities for kids, so... Um, yeah, everybody's welcome. You don't have to be an order member, but there will be people from the different orders. Um, there's OBOD, which is the Order of Bards, Obates and Druids. There's the British Druid Order and there's ADF, a Druid Fellowship. And um, there will be teachers from each of those traditions with something to share for you so you can get a bit of a taste of each one. And there'll also be all kinds of different um, practices for connecting with the sacred landscape. Um, I'll be doing a couple of workshops. One is definitely going to be on uh, creating a local wheel of the year for where you live and another one which will um, be uh, decided a bit later. It's either going to be about the ancestors or about trees and plants So and, uh, and animal symbolism. So if you have a preference you can always let me know what you'd prefer me to do but um we'll see because I don't want to clash with other people I'll I'll do something that that isn't um going to be be the same as what someone else is teaching so I'll just fill in a gap there um but yeah we're also going to have a big discussion panel panel on uh what Australian Druidry is for us and um what we would like to see in the community going forward so yeah we want you to come along and enjoy it with us and have your say um, there's also going to be a concert on Saturday night with uh, Spiral Dance and Casey Guy, who are both coming up from uh, Adelaide to play for us. Um, 
they have lovely pagan Celtic vibe music. It's really cool. And uh, that night is actually the Mardi Gras night. So we're going to dress up in our rainbow best um, to support, um, yeah, uh, LGBTQI pride. It's, uh, yeah, unfortunate that we're having it on the same night, but hopefully it can be a bit of a sideshow. So if you'd like to celebrate uh, that recent win for marriage equality, um, we're going to do that on that night as well. So, uh, yeah, you can get a, a full weekend ticket from uh, at $280 um, or you can get a, a part ticket for a bit less than that. Um, if you're coming from interstate, we're also going to have a bus shuttle from the airport. So check out the website for all the details. It's www.gsevents.org.au slash d-d-u-n-g. Um, yeah, so you can find out all about it there. Uh, check out the about section with lots of information and also keep in um, keep up to date with the blogs that we have. Um, there'll be more information about what you need to bring along for the rituals and, um, and other things that are going to be happening. So, yeah, I really hope that we'll be able to see you there. Um, it's going to be a, a really fun weekend and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you'd like to follow more of what I do, you can find me on Instagram. I've actually just split my account recently so that I've got the jewellery on for, uh, at Forest Spirit Julie, J-U-L-I-E, Julie. And uh, I've got the, the Australian Druidry lifestyle kind of things that I get up to. Um, and that's at Julie Brett D-D-U for Druids Down Under. So, um, yeah, I hope I'll spot you on there. It's fun to share things with you. Um, and, yeah, we'll get to the interview now. So I hope you enjoy this. It's Deep Sea Lights, Gemma and Joe, and um, they're talking about their beautiful music. Um, so, yeah, what you guys been up to? Mainly reorganising our lives, I think, um, after moving to the mountains, what, six months ago? Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just trying to, at least for myself anyway, restructuring and trying to build that life structure around things that I want to focus on and not just sort of falling into habit. And so, so what do you want to focus on at the moment? Music is, mm. is the main thing. So, awesome. but also health, like I just want to get a bit healthier and, you know, a bit more energetic and vibrant. Mm. It's nice up here in the mountains to do that. Yeah, it's... You guys been spending time well, out in the, the yeah. forest? Well, I... Not so much. Because I have to travel into the city for work. Mm. Well, for teaching and for my thesis. So my focus is on trying to get a balance between that. Especially when you have to travel for two hours just to get into the city and then two hours to get back. Mm. Yeah. But that's okay. But it's a worthwhile <laughs> cause. Yeah. I mean, I really, yeah, I'm loving what you guys are doing with your music. It's awesome. Um, but you're also doing very interesting things with your studies and teaching. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's hard to do that away from the city, I suppose. Yeah, there aren't really, I mean, you could possibly go for University of Western Sydney, maybe. Mm. What are you but studying? Really tell, tell me what you're up to at the moment. Last I heard it was... Um, Same thing. <laughs> medical philosophy, ethics of, no? Sort of. <laughs> All of those words. Yep, they all work. No, I do philosophy of psychiatry. Right. Uh, that's my main thing. Yeah. Um, but I teach in philosophy of science, philosophy of uh, 
philosophy of biomedicine, history of biomedicine, history of psychiatry, um, sociology of science, and ethics as well. So, like, all of those things. Yeah. Yes. Fascinating <laughs> stuff. What, what are you doing your thesis on? Uh, internet gaming addiction. Wow. Still, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still working on the same I remember. Thing. Mm. Yeah. So, um, does it all kind of come together for you, like, all of this creative work? Like... Like, it might seem to some people that to do this music and then to be this incredibly intellectual academic personality mm. might seem really different, but I don't know. Have you found a way to make them all come together well, in your life? Well, I've been thinking about that recently because I initially went into um, environmental science. That's my, that was my undergrad, and that's what I did my honours in, was in ge- human geography. Mm. And I worked as a human geographer. And I used to manage a research center in evolution and ecology, um, like biology. Uh, and so that made more sense. Although it's earth-based stuff, but I didn't enjoy the actual day-to-day work. Right. I preferred the conceptual stuff. So what I'm also interested in is humans. And I just ended up working on internet gaming addiction. But I, I'm trying to work out how to bring it back together. How did you end up working on it? On internet gaming addiction? Yeah. Well, like most postgrads, you go to a supervisor and they say, and you say, hey, I want to do X. And they say, well, actually, I've got a space for Y. And so you end up doing Y. Oh, right. Or you end up doing Z because you're trying to, like, combine them. So you I end went... up doing something really oddly, bizarrely specific about, like, a yeah, yeah specific type of medical treatment in time period in the Dutch East Indies in yeah. 1851 yeah, right. or something. Yeah, because so, somebody's put it like a funding out thing, for yeah. that. Wow. Or more, you just yeah. have to do something new, don't you? You have to be doing both, something that no one else both is those doing. Both things. So, but for me, I didn't really have to focus on that, um, just because it was a new area anyway. Right. So, essentially, I went to my supervisor and said, "Hey, I want to work on neuroplasticity, the the potentials of the human brain." Very idealistic. And he said, um, I've got a space that I haven't filled out in my book, which is really on addiction. Oh, right. <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, yeah, okay. I see how that's kind of related, <laughs> yeah. I suppose, how well, your brain disorder. can change to <laughs> yeah. do Dis- different things. Yeah. Well, he's focused on disorder rather than order. So I then right. went, okay, I'll look at that stuff. He handed me a book, which was still one of the most boring books I've ever read in my life. Um, but he <laughs> said, read this. I did. And then, um, I looked at a couple of other things and went, Hey, I think the next thing that people are going to be looking at is internet gaming addiction. One of my exes was, you know, really into games. We broke up because of it. So there's a vague link now mm. after taking so long to finish it, it feels like I've made such a big deal about my ex. <laughs> People often ask me why you're doing it. I'm like, oh, it's oh, just like a life experience. Actually, just this one experience. I never, I never think about him. Like, it's ever. not a defining part of my life choices, but given that it's led to me spending so much time doing this one thing, it feels like it is. That's yeah. kind of like how these things work, yeah. though, isn't it? Like, totally. like, you know, you get inspiration from your life experiences. And it, <laughs> that's how, like, if you were getting it from something that wasn't part of your life experience, it probably wouldn't be as authentically researched. Sure, sure. Um, and like if you compare, but if you compare it to say the work you're doing, for instance, I feel like you've got this passion to continue in that, and you feel like that that was for you. It wasn't just mm. like I'll just nut out why this other person in my life did what they did. 
and I'll take years and people will ask me a lot about that and I'll become an expert in that. But that's not uh, Even though I don't talk to this person anymore and I'd be mortified if you found, found out that I was working <laughs> on this. <laughs> I, hate, I hate to tell you, bro. <laughs> no, but that's, that's less your motivation to doing it and more the story so that you're bringing yeah. to it because people like something Stories. to have a story about. Yeah. They're like, you know, there to be like a, you know, character development in whatever you're doing. Yeah. So I guess that's the art of the bard, right? Yeah. Find yeah. the story. Well, yeah, I've always said it's about um, becoming really present with everything that's happened in your life and and everything around you, including people mm. and stories, and then expressing something about that present moment with Arwen. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you guys, your your songs are really political sometimes. <laughs> I love that. What What is it, the, the Telegraph one? <laughs> FTT. FTT. <laughs> that's all about the, the newspaper. And Tell me about that. that. How did that come about? I mean, that's, you know, that's a really... Um, it's, it's sort of the same process, right? It's about sort yeah. of going, they, all these things are happening around me and I've got something to say about that. Yeah. I think that just started as like literally just being really angry about the telegraph existing, the daily tell. It's one of those papers that I'll like decide that I can read without being angry about it. Like just be like, I'll just flip through. Like I'm no, it's stupid. And I know that I like, I'm not going to agree with much in this newspaper, but I can just have a quick glance through and see what they're writing about. I can't believe Literally every single time I'm like, <laughs> I, just I look fucking at hate this paper and I hate everyone who's involved with it. All so I even see when I see that paper is like, Recycling bin. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> line the cat's litter tray. Yeah, yeah cat trays. Yeah. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. But like, it just you flip through it well, and you're like, so many people read this and think that it's like, that's like the main source of news for such yeah. a huge chunk of the country, and it just like it's so upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, that track started as just really just a rant about how awful we think it is as a publication the idea was to do and we might still do it i want to just continue just as long as we're making music every mm. like year just put out a fuck the telegraph track <laughs> like if it still exists just like and also still hate that thing but uh yeah it was more of like a, a venting thing yeah than... but what i like most about that because like i only wrote the hook for that i didn't write the the rap any of the rap that's all joe but the the way you actually constructed the production that's what I liked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was... That, what does was production that really mean in music? I don't know any music terms. So the you'd consider the, the production part, especially with electronic music or recorded music, the production parts, once you kind of... It's, it's sort of like sound design, working out what sounds you're going to be working with. Oh, okay. You'd probably consider it part of the arrangement as together. well. No, I mean, it's or from the start to finish. So, yeah, for instance, oh, Jem, okay. what Jem was trying to segue me into talking about was all of the drums, apart from the kick drum sound, all of it is uh, the uh, Daily Telegraph being destroyed. So, oh, like, the, really? Yeah, so the snares, oh, like, a newspaper right. being ripped. I didn't ripped even notice like, that. You wouldn't. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's like, that's that's more of the production stuff. That's, like, getting Have all you... the sounds you want to, like, collecting the things you oh, want to use, okay. sculpting the sounds, arranging them. That's um, awesome. So there's a huge amount of creativity you can so bring to that. Have you made a video well. of it as well? Because I re imagine that would be really visually no. <laughs> interesting as well. We do that. We do that with a lot of our tracks. Actually, a lot of the production is like sort of found sound stuff and just like um, me recording, like hitting different things around the house. Right. It seems like that's a really creative thing to do, but it's actually just less of a, a sort of a lack of knowledge of building those things oh. as electronic. But music. we don't have to 
buy somebody else's thing and you're creating an original yeah. sound, you know? Yeah, that's that's really cool. Stop fidgeting. Oh, I don't think it'll. No, 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 it's just me. All <laughs> um, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Sorry. It gives stuff a bit of a character, like, and and we, I think, we are pretty aware of that as well, and that's another motivation behind it. But a huge part of it is the fact that I was just like, yeah, I could just buy a drum pack, and I've mm. got this nice, cool little drum pack yeah. to work with, or I could find something in the house that kind of sounds like a snare and record that and yeah. and tweak it, which is so. yeah, way more fun, I think. And unique because mm. yeah, I suppose there's a potential with music these days for it to. I mean, you think how how can we keep making original songs in some ways? You know, yeah. Like, how has somebody not made this before? And <laughs> and when there's like downloadable sounds that you can just yeah, you, you think they're gonna run out of ideas surely. But then doing something like that, like there's infinite possibilities. Yeah, and I mean even things. even <laughs> yeah. with the downloadable stuff, like it's still you know it's it's like combining letters and numbers there's still infinite combinations of mm, all of those yeah, of things course. even if they're sort of set of or they're course. static but yeah. uh but yeah and it, it's just a, a it is a nice way to bring a little bit more character a bit more of a human element to, to mm. electronic music yeah you don't want people going oh i recognize drum 138 you know? <laughs> although sometimes it's cool when people sometimes, are like yeah. hey, oh really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah so like i was listening to a podcast speaking of podcasts about uh, where they interviewed Illmind about this sort of stuff, who is a American producer. Yeah. Just, that's what you call them. Um, who started off, was one of the very pioneers of these sort of drum rack things that you can buy, sample packs. Yeah, right. Uh, and he was talking about how, you know, sometimes he'll listen to a song on the radio and go, oh, there's that, that little tiny sound there. That was mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's quite cool. Yeah. And it's very new, actually. It's not like this is a relatively electronic music being this complex and being able to create sounds and all that. It's, I'd say, only since. What, when were the sample packs and stuff? 80s? 90s? Like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that Australia was where the, the sample maker was invented as well, the which MIDI. is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is that is true. Is that, is that it? But the sort of explosion of everyone just being able to go online and oh, buy right. a pack, mm. that's relatively Maybe with like new. the Apple Garage Band, mm. um, which had a few in it, and then you could buy like expansions and things. That was like the early 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's before that. Mm. So you're talking about early hip-hop mostly? Okay. That's really using that stuff? Yeah, right. And then moving more into, like, experimental sound design is now, I mean, that's, you can do things that are on the level of, of modern classical. Oh, really? Yeah. So wow. it's not, it's not, um, one of the things you get told a lot or hear a lot about electronic music is, oh, that's just so easy because all oh, you no. do is press, like, play. And there is something about, like, making it a live performance, which is hard. Mm. But the actual complexity that you can build into your music is so much greater. Mm. than, say, your average rock band. Even if your average rock band has, you know, a guitar player that's amazing. That is amazing. Um, but the hours that will go into creating just even just one sound in an electronic piece could be large. They don't have to be, though. Mm. Yeah, the, the thing that makes electronic music difficult, I think, for some people to to appreciate is there is a huge level of involvement you can have as an artist so you can actually be an artist who goes i'll buy all these sample packs i don't have to think about creating any sounds i'll do really basic beats i can even buy you can actually buy beat packs and things as well so you don't even necessarily have to come up with your own patterns you can just do a mix and match so there is like you could quite easily just be like 
I got all these things, I put them all together, it took me half an hour and it sounds like a fully produced, finished song. Wow. And then there's some people who go, okay, I'm going to build all of these sounds from scratch. I'm going to like build my own you know, ways of interacting with them. It's such a huge choose-your-own-adventure yeah. that even we have a pretty decent knowledge of, of electronic music production and performance and we still go to shows and be like, I don't know exactly what sounds that person's created themselves, what they're currently playing live, what's like kind of playing as almost like a background track. Mm. And so there's this weird thing where it's, it's really hard to work out what people's level of involvement in creating their own music is. So it sometimes makes it hard for people to engage with. Whereas if you see someone playing a guitar, then you can tell what it is they're doing. You know, it's really easy to pick the guitar out of the mix. You can see mm. there's a real tangible kind of like their movements and then, you know, translating to musical notes that you can associate with and go, that skill, I understand what you're doing and I understand how you're making that music. Mm. Um, so that's something we're kind of grappling with with, with live shows as well, yeah. is trying to really make it sort of clear where the human element is in that and where, you know, what stuff we've done ourselves and what we're currently doing in front of you, what sounds being created in do front of you. Do you ever take the newspaper in and rip it? <laughs> no, we you could probably do that, maybe. The most Put things close, on loops or something. I we do, a little, so we do yeah. some looping. Yeah. 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 The closest thing we've done to, to like having a newspaper there, which is not having a newspaper there, was we have, <laughs> we have a makey-makey, which you can turn anything into an instrument. It's it's basically a closed circuit. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. really straightforward. So it's this little like USB-powered thing. You plug it into your computer, and then you've just got little alligator clips. And so you clip it to this little board that comes with it. We'll probably show it to you later. It's just downstairs. Um, and then you have the other side of the clip, which is basically the earth. So whatever it's clipped to, if you touch it, it completes the circuit. Yeah. And then, so depending on where it's clipped on the board, it sends different signals into the computer. So I can, you, we did a show, uh, last year, year before, year before. um, that was like cooking themed or something. So we brought a whole bunch of vegetables and then hooked it up to this. So you could basically just touch vegetables and then it would trigger different sounds because you're completing different oh, loops. Sweet so God. yeah, it's, it's quite cool. It's like, I think, I think it's more made for kids to understand Just electronics fun. in a real kind yeah. of tangible way. But I can see how performance-wise um, that would be yeah, really it was great. It was, it, was kind of, it was kind of fun. Um, That's great. So yeah. yeah, there's lots of, there's so many options for for interacting with, with electronic music. It's, it's a bit overwhelming. It's such a huge, vast amount of things you can do. Yeah. You almost have to come up with a concept first so that you have a structure to work within because it's, you know, it's like otherwise it's sitting down in front of a blank page and you don't know whether you're painting or writing or like yeah. <laughs> there's just so many options. You kind of need to be like, okay, what do we want to achieve with this? What parameters are we going to put on this idea? Mm. Now let's start working on it. So how did you guys start making, like, did you have something to say or did you want to explore music creatively like, like getting into that sort of like how do we make music or, or was it more about wanting to, I don't know, do your bardic work or like, because cause I think mm. you said that this has been part of your bardic journey. Um, a little bit, yeah. complimented it. It's just, was it something, like how did you end up getting into it in the first place? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, well, Joe was already doing music, mostly just folky kind of stuff when we met. Mm. Um, very casually, I, back in the day, and I really do mean back in the day, late 90s, um, was a jazz singer, but also I used to make electronic music myself. Okay. Um, but I'd had a big gap, like 
of not focusing on that because I did circus. Um, and then I started just seeing what seeing harmonies to Joe's stuff, and then this is very convoluted. And uh, and then we thought about what we wanted to do, and I was like, well, I really like electronic. Can we add the electronic to the folk somehow? Mm. And so we started playing around with just loops, basically. But since we've gotten more into making stuff together, because really it just started a bit haphazard, to be honest. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah, let's just, for just fun. do what we like. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, just for fun. We both like making music. Yeah. We both know how. Let's mm. see we what we can come up with. We want to busk or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were busking then, for quite a while. And then we did this one gig where uh, the people organizing it were a little disorganized. So we put up a Facebook page for our band and then all of a sudden we were taken like seriously and we were the headline. We are like, what? Huh? No, we've never performed in front of people. <laughs> 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 it, was, it wasn't a big gig. It was a really, it was that, really small, but it was yeah. completely sold out. It was, a, it was a good lesson in... Um, in marketing. Yeah, no, really. Yeah. In like, just a good reminder that it's creating music. Obviously, you want to be creating stuff that you care about and that you think is good and has like, um, at least for the stuff that I like, has kind of like character and soul to it and something that people can really attach to. Mm. But it's not just this objective thing where good music will thrive and bad music will not. Like there's a whole other like image you have to present to people and they need to be able to kind of you know like there's Get so you. many other factors yeah. that people really engage with with musicians that isn't just the music and that was such a good example we hadn't played any gigs we didn't have any music released but these guys were coming up from Tasmania and they were friends of friends and they just wanted to do some east coast shows and say so they're like if you know any bands who can kind of help us organize a venue and come and play and so we we're like oh we should put up an event and then, because I have a background in design stuff, I just designed kind of a nice, like, poster for it and then did, like, a... Yeah, we did, like, a few images for our Facebook page and kind of put that up. And it just must have looked legitimate enough that they were like, well, you guys should obviously headline. <laughs> but we haven't played a gig before. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. You've got the stage presence. Yeah, exactly. When, when internet is the stage. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Whereas, actually, when we were on stage, I've got terrible stage fright and it was just... Not a good gig. Oh, like, <laughs> it's anyone's it first gig, like an amazing <laughs> gig. Seriously, I mean, it was like, good in that it, it was done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had things to learn from it. <laughs> what yeah. not to do in some ways is yeah. always it's yeah. always worth doing. Yeah, never, never underestimate how stage how much stage fright you will get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I don't get stage fright when I'm lecturing. Like I can lecture to big halls of people, small groups of people, wherever. I don't care. I can talk under concrete about philosophy and yeah. there's just no, nothing. I but that's because that's me. like you were saying before, that's <laughs> almost like separated from you. This is really like, yeah. this, this is you bearing your soul a little bit. You know, this yeah. is going to hurt if someone judges you on this exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Otherwise you can be like, oh, my supervisor made me talk about that. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Even if I'm talking about things that mean a lot to me, like ethics. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just and a confidence thing. Hard. Yeah. I used mm. to do like public speaking. It's also just like a that. practice thing. Like it I think we're, thing, we're both. Comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that's one of. One now of the, I'm more comfortable. Yeah. But it's I still feel like that's one of the biggest goals for me at the moment is even though we're both quite comfortable on stage, like really getting very comfortable in that space because that mm, really yeah. makes it much easier to be more vulnerable to be in the moment and that, to like engage the with people yeah and really that. let yeah. those yeah. like those sort of unique moments that people go to see live music for happen mm. they don't go to see i mean they obviously want to see something that's well rehearsed and prepared but it's because there's 
you know, they want that intangible quality that you get from seeing something live in the moment, maybe something unique that wasn't supposed to happen or, you know, and you can only do that if you're comfortable in a space mm. and you can only make everybody else in that space comfortable if you're comfortable yeah. in that space as well. It's like that jazz player kind of ability to just riff. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. What do they call it when they do that in jazz and they just kind of, it's just improvise. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah, the ability to kind of shift and flow with the with your audience. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and really, like, magnify whatever vibes are in the room and not try and, you know, necessarily mm. impose something on on a space that yeah. like you go in there really with ready your... for that or doesn't want that or yeah. doesn't suit the thing. You go in with your set plan expecting it to go a certain <laughs> way and you've got to be ready for it to not be like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the other thing. Like, there's no such thing as a perfect set. Like, retrospectively, you go, that was great. Like, we had fun or enjoyed it. But there's always stuff that goes wrong. There's always oh, things yeah. that don't happen the way you want them to happen. But you kind of got to remember that no one knows what mm. you're expecting to happen. So even though something doesn't sound like what you wanted it to sound like in that moment, they don't know that you're expecting it to sound like that. So yeah. it still might have been quite good. But you're like, oh, that was where it was really supposed to, like have this happen or like Bill that moment I was... to press those three buttons <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think that's been a good lesson for us as well yeah. it's just like being like yep things will go wrong you keep going with the show because not everyone knows something went wrong and yeah. sometimes you know just because it wasn't what was supposed to happen doesn't mean it didn't work but, but then you know as well you can probably I'm sure you would have moments where you had no idea it was going to be taken so well and <laughs> yeah. you know something that you didn't expect to go you know really well um, you know, you have the, the ups and the downs. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. Mm. Definitely. And we've been working more with, like, to come back to the other part of your question, which was about maybe, like, are we doing things in a more um, considered or kind of uh, purposeful way now? Mm. Uh, yes, is the answer. So we started by being very haphazard, and now we do things like before we perform if we remember, which is about eight times out of ten, yeah. we we chant Almen actually. Oh, before. cool! Yeah, yeah, and and we're going into writing um, a new album, and we're working with the elements in particular. Yeah, to to write that. So now we're being much more like, what do we want to get out of this? This is obviously yeah. a passion project. Like one of the things we found was that everyone was like at the beginning was was saying. Oh Joe, can you can you just like make more folk? I really like folk. I really like when you just play the guitar and you sing. Or and and then Jem Jem does harmonies. That's so nice. <laughs> to be honest, like, I feel like a lot of people oh. will be like, and Jem can come maybe. Like <laughs> No, no, lots of people are into rude. <laughs> they loved me. Jem? They to make all the music. Oh, your family. No, sure. Yeah, yeah, no. sure, sure, sure. Um, your family. But there are also other people who <laughs> Yeah, totally. Just wanted me to sing. That yeah, was just a yeah. product of the fact that I had been kind of consistently doing music. So the people who were coming to see us in the first place mm. were like, we're, we, we liked like your old Joe. stuff better than yeah, new stuff. Yeah, it was really that. So, <laughs> but, yeah. but also I think that it's just well, like yeah, we make kind of odd electronic stuff that's hard to, hard to classify, it's hard to stick in a box. It's a bit weirder than maybe what people it's not uh, weird, you know what i've found is and maybe you know i'd like to hear your opinion on it is that you guys are doing something that's really quite a modern form of music yeah. but you're often doing it in within like a pagan 
nature-based, very spiritual kind of meaning or focus yeah. and people aren't used to that yeah do you yeah. find that that's part of the the jar for people it's like but you don't sound like a pagan band <laughs> yeah yeah totally you know? yeah and i'm trying to learn like old old the older kind of european singing techniques like keening and stuff like that oh, wow. i'm trying to put into this new context because i think why shouldn't people who like yeah. the other types of music be hearing these themes. Yeah, oh, I love it personally. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, sometimes people have asked me, oh, so what kind of music are you into? Expecting me to just say that, you know, the, the regular pagan um, <laughs> examples, Lorena McKennett or, you know, or whatever. Which I love. Who uh, I love. Uh, yes. And I love all of these, <laughs> yeah. these things. But I also really dig Sia and, yeah. um, you know, and MGMT and like all yeah. these yeah. like really – popular and but they're often very deep as well yeah and and for me they've they've been really moving and and to me they really understand that that arwen that we're looking for that inspiration and speaking Mm. your soul and telling your story deeply and inspiring people and yeah i think there's i think you guys are, are making a little bridge there that's I love that I think it's really important for for like for pagan music to progress and not just be like this old timey you know, which which we love as well. Yeah, but, of course, but, but it not, doesn't have, it doesn't to, have to be, be limited that. to that. Yeah. No, totally. I think we like. It seems like it might sometimes be a hindrance, but I think we've found it mostly to be like of benefit to be a little bit weird. Yeah. In most genres, like it's we we play so many different kinds of gigs. There was a stage there where we were doing a lot of hip hop gigs, just because our stuff was, you know, trip hop ish. So it kind of fit with that a little bit, but because it wasn't hip hop people would just be like, oh, this is nice because it's different to everything else that was on the lineup. Doesn't mm. necessarily... I mean, it was, hopefully it was good as well. <laughs> <laughs> and it was close enough to hip-hop that they weren't like, oh, fuck this, we don't want to hear it. But, like, so many lineups we're on and even, like, just putting stuff up um, to the pagan community and being like, here's that stuff. I think a lot of people are just like, oh, it's not just, like, that traditional pagan folk. Yeah. Like... Refreshing. I like it just because it's different and it's not necessarily... But it's not trying to be just new yeah. either. Like, I think no. that's, that's where you could go very wrong. You could make it work, but you could go very wrong by going, oh, let's, like, appeal to the kids these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then no. making something really not no. good. But you've got to do something think, that speaks your soul, yeah, yeah. you know, that is 100% you. Because yeah. you are young people, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, uh-huh. this is your... Yeah. <laughs> Know, you, you're a, a younger generation than the musicians that we've all loved when we were younger yeah. exactly, and yeah. you know we're going to have a different vibe uh, so. there's, we're also both um, vegan and the same thing happens in the vegan community that you have like I mean there's nothing that specifically links veganism to music at all, oh, right? right? And yet, people what music really like even? think that there should be this thing called vegan music really, and they, so they kind of jarringly put, you can have Music that deals with the themes. Wow. Right? Yeah. Clearly. For sure, yeah. You can have artists that are but, vegan. But a, but a genre? But a genre. That's, that's not necessarily a good thing. No, that doesn't no. make sense. <laughs> no. All, all of them should be talking about veganism if that's their <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 So we try to avoid doing that. Wow. Like just kind of shimmy things in just because we want to, I don't know. Well, how do you self-define yourselves? What are you? We... Uh, trip hop or folk electronica. I think okay. is the clue. Do you identify with being sort of pagan with it? Or? Oh, right. Uh, I do. I think, yeah, I, I think Jem does more so than me. Mm. I'm not It's not obvious in your... Yeah, I, like, yeah. I just don't necessarily 
defined super strongly as pagan, so it's it's one of those mm, things that I okay. don't necessarily really go out stuff's pagan, but it definitely has pagan themes in it, and like it's I do engage with a lot of those mm. those ideas, and we're doing the the um, obod coursework mm. relatively together. slowly yeah. together, <laughs> um, and that's that's definitely influencing all of that as well. Um, but the the stuff I'm getting really excited about um, is like Gemma was saying, talking about doing uh, this album and doing it in a real sort of considered and and quite structured and, and almost ritualistic way and like really mm. going, okay, we're going to be working on the air track today. So we're going to put the whole day aside for that. We're going to wake up, we'll do a ritual. Like everything we do that day is going to, going to be like air focused and, you know, just have it set up and really try and get into that headspace and get that sort of energy and try and embed it into something musical and be like, cool, all right. That's mm, like a nice little package But then the track doesn't have to that. be like, and now I'm going to write lyrics about air. Like it doesn't it have doesn't to be that literal. No, it doesn't have <laughs> right, to be that yeah. literal. So, yeah. so, I mean, that sounds incredibly pagan to me. Yes. How is it not pagan? How are you not pagan? <laughs> doing those raised things? Catholic. And oh, okay. What, what, so what is your, what's your belief system <laughs> like? What, like how are you seeing My, my beliefs change day to day. Like I don't, I don't. You're not like, anti-pagan. Either. No, not not anti-pagan at all. Mm. Um, and that probably is the the closest to what what my belief system is. I just don't necessarily identify as pagan, mm. but that might seem like a bit of a. That's right. You just need. It's, okay. to, it's like it's like how Buddhists talk about Buddhism being a practice. I think Joe just yeah. sees yeah. Druidry as a practice. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. would yeah. say it so that too. way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I've always said nature religion is, you know, one of those. Uh, at least we can, you know prove it's there yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i was actually talking to a philosopher of biology about that very thing the other day yeah, he was right. like how do you reconcile you know x y well how do you how do you reconcile being uh an intellect and into science and uh and having some kind of spirituality and i said well nature-based religions you and i both do biology it's not that far like you know they it's yeah. just the plants are there you know? Yeah. Okay. Are they alive? <laughs> what is that aliveness? That's really. Yeah. Can you asking. learn anything from them? Yeah. Can you use yeah. them? Yeah. yeah. Do they make medicine? Isn't it magical that that yeah. happens? Yeah. When you go, it was like when you go for your hikes. This is an avid hiker. But when you go for your hikes, do you have some sense of the grandness of the earth, and do you feel like that it's beautiful and healing big and yeah. healing, whatever whatever words you want to use you maybe you're a part and, of something but, yeah and yeah. they're all quite small in comparison to everything else and you, you get a sense of this thing or. called the world yeah or yeah. that's probably the word i'm looking for he was like yes of course i'm like well there you go that's it you're a pagan yeah done <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go that far <laughs> I'll let you follow that. But yeah, it's just a label, I guess, is what we're getting at, right? Like, yeah. Mm. yeah, some people decide to use it and other people completely see all the truths in it but might just not call themselves that. So. Yeah, I think yeah. I think my hesitancy to define myself as pagan is the lack of any kind of strong spiritual experiences that align with what a lot of people who identify with pagan have. Hmm. Like, intellectually, uh, totally on board. I love all the concepts. I love all the ideas and... It, it speaks to me intellectually, but I just haven't had any kind of really strong spiritual experiences. What about that I can like yeah. With music and creativity? 
now I feel like we're... Sorry, like, I'm not trying to no, analyze no. here. I'm totally not <laughs> no, like, look, trying to convince you. can't see you. it in the podcast, but the look on Joe's face is very much like, oh my God, they're both looking at me like I have to get <laughs> no, 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 no. if you don't see that, I'm interested <laughs> as to what you're Accosted in my own home. <laughs> you're worse than the Jehovah's. Even, even the cat's doing um, Believe. <laughs> I'll get a tree and hit you over the head with it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I see that as... As something that that I've always had that before I even knew of paganism, I've always been like on board That's with the point. Yeah, no, I know, <laughs> but I, I don't necessarily see that as a strictly pagan thing either. There's no, so no, many no. different religions that also like have yeah. music and inspiration as oh, a core absolutely. part of them. When I was so, going to Christian church to try and understand my mum better, um, uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit mm. experience very similar. Mm. I wouldn't say it's exactly the same, but there's certainly an overlap. What kind of which what kind of church was it? Uh, kind of the karaoke version, you know, with a <laughs> big screen and yeah, um, it, it was called Grace City. Oh, they Pentecostal. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah there, mm. lots of singing, lots of sort of ecstatic experiences and healing, hands-on healing and stuff. And yeah. I know, like, once I got over my um, personal resentment of Christianity generally. And um, worked out, you know, who I could deal with in the congregation that was quite welcoming and friendly. Um, yeah, I, I felt there was so much overlap, and really, it's just words that we're using to explain different things. And yeah, there was a lot of friendship and mutual understanding, and it was it was good. Yeah, but I felt like their, especially with music, their mm. their use of the idea of the Holy Spirit, like um, being your inspiration or feeling the Holy Spirit come upon you. And, and it, the, the language around it was really similar to how we talk about Arwen. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I found that really interesting. I think that sometimes religion is just a, a set of words that we use to describe reality. Reality is still the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just which set of words you're going to pick to explain it. Yeah. I, th- I sometimes think about that cause like I was raised in that kind of church. We can just pause it if you want. No, I keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, Alright. I was going to ask you a question, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> just explain you can explain your childhood. <laughs> I was raised in that kind of church. Yeah. And so I totally get where you're at. But I've wondered like I don't know if what kind of church you were raised in? Um, not really. My oh. my mum was Methodist and my dad was more of a philosopher. Um just he did philosophy at uni and and was always into that sort of thing and um yeah we we tried going to some churches when we came to australia but my parents weren't really happy with any of them so we just didn't go they just they took us bushwalking and we'd talk about god on road trips (laughs) because i I often see like people who have moved from christianity to paganism as looking for that um uh that ecstatic kind of thing. Oh, that right. It's looking for something that's more active, mm. that makes you feel more. Um, and, I mean, I always had that in the church, so I've never really been looking for that. So I've never been, like, overly drawn to the more ecstatic forms of things. Um, but I can imagine if you were raised in a Catholic setting, which is far more austere. So dry. Dry. <laughs> yeah, right. That you it's might really... be really looking for Yeah. That. Yeah, I went to I went to Catholic school, Catholic high school. And how did you find it? Was it? It's boring. Yeah, right. It was really just like yeah. some people love the ritual yeah. and the yeah, and the look, Latin and the and looking and back and on it, I might be able to appreciate that if I didn't have to do it 
like, you know, three times a week or okay. whatever. Like, you know, like we'd have school masses and then usually we'd go to church on Sunday as a family. But it was always just a, a like, this is just what you do when you just go. And these are the parts where you stand and this is where you sit and this is where you kneel. And this is, but it was all just, you know, just rehearsed, just drilled follow into. Follow the rules. Yeah, follow the rules, follow the structure. Yeah. Um, and what did you, what were you more interested in? Or you just weren't interested? Is just that wasn't, how you ended yeah, up? Yeah, I just wasn't interested. Like, it was just, like, you know, it's, it's a, it was like brushing your teeth, you know? It was mm. just, like, that's just thing you do that's part of life and then you do everything else. Like, I was never particularly... Um, so, so are you more like... Spirituality. So now you just have, like, a disinterest because of that experience? Is that sort of where you're at, or...? No! I don't know. I, I wonder if that, like... I wonder if it like atrophied part of like me that can really engage with those sort of spiritual experiences. What does like atrophied it, mean? Like um, just I wasn't weak. using those muscles. Like, oh, so right, just, like, right, they, right. Like muscle not, atrophy. In, yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Like I don't, I, this is just me thinking out loud. It's mm. probably not the case and I'm probably being a bit overdramatic. But I mean that sort of, I don't know if it's a, necessarily a Catholic thing, but then it's, it's, Oh, it's Catholic, it's Anglican, it's... Uh, oh, I think... Yeah. Protestant, it's I mean, like any of those, like... I think it's just things. a people thing. You yeah, know? Like, too, like right, some yeah. Some people are really inspiring and others are a little bit boring. Yeah. You know, some, some people are organising something and it's not as exciting as when someone else, you know, yeah. similarly with music or art or, you know, all sorts of things. Mm. But then there's also people with different tastes who like <laughs> yeah. different things yeah, as exactly. well. And somebody who finds, you know, where you might find that Catholic ceremony really boring somebody else finds it very serious and yeah very and beautiful solemn yeah and yeah so i do but then i didn't you know overdo it when i was young because i never went to the <laughs> church and it was always so nice whenever we went to the anglican church and i was like oh wow these beautiful harmonies that they're singing the old music I'm like this is nice yeah you don't have to like stand up and be filled with the spirit not that I didn't oh, like right. all that stuff, and I'm just really too into much music, energy. But it's just like, normally. oh my god, all the time. Do I do this every week? <laughs> I don't necessarily want to be filled with this spirit every week. I just want to chill. <laughs> yeah. I just want to smell some frankincense and be okay with life, you know. And then you found out you could buy Feel your own guilty. frankincense. <laughs> yeah, I got to do I this at do home. Own, Make at your home. own music about <laughs> about spiritual things if that's how you're seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, so um, can you tell us a bit about some of the songs that you've already made? The ones that are released, you mean? Yeah, or I guess so. Like, that we're uh, so I know that you had one on Druidcast recently, which has a video that's very beautiful. Thank you very much. And um, we've just had a kitty join us. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so what's the story behind that song? What's it called again? Singing the Bones. Singing the Bones. So it's yeah, what's two that songs, about? Mountain Song and Abandoned Ship. Uh, what's Joe, that? It's two the, songs it's in two one. It's two songs in one. Yeah, oh, so it actually right. started as two separate tracks. Right. And we started combining them live because they went really well together. Like flowed into each other quite well. Um, and then just, I suppose, kind of out of coincidence or maybe the reason they flowed together so well was because they kind of were thematically linked mm. yep. um, and then so, so sorry to interrupt 
Um, so that, that just to explain to the people listening, if they haven't heard it yet, so the beginning of the song is very sort of ethereal and vocal and then it gets a bit dancey halfway through. Yeah. Is that is that the split? Yeah. That's, the, that's the exact yeah, right. split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, Joe actually wrote both of them. I wrote the hook in the second half. But mm. that's it. So I... I that's, yeah, it's not one of my songs, so you can talk mostly about it. Yeah, that's... Um, one of... I think the... Initially wrote Mountain Song... It was a piano piece when I was living in Marrickville. Um, <laughs> help me out. Help me out with my memories. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, I'm not very good at describing my writing process or necessarily writing, uh, like talking about the meaning behind songs. Cause it's, okay. it, and I write in a very intuitive way, I guess. Um, and sometimes I'll write stuff that, in the moment, I'm like, oh, actually, I just like the way that sounds and then find that it sort of is revealing of of, of something. Mm. Um, but I often write really, really metaphor-heavy stuff, mainly because that's, I find that the easiest way to express myself because if it's hidden enough in metaphor, you don't necessarily have to reveal <laughs> so much about yourself. Well, I've also heard that it reveals more because then yeah. people will be able to understand <laughs> it on a different level. Yes, like, yes. But sometimes you can't just say, I... I jumped for joy. You have to say, I, I filmed with a wave of emotion and overflowed. Yeah. You know, you have to find a metaphor because just explaining it literally isn't enough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. And I, that's another big part of why I'm such a fan of metaphor. Mm. But I think it's like you can almost, I was talking about this the other day, you can almost sneak it past people who don't want to engage with that. So, I yeah. don't know. I feel like it almost is partially a self-protective thing where if I just say, like, I'm feeling sad, everyone can be like, oh, you feel sad, do you? But if I, like, <laughs> cloak that in metaphor, the people who really care well, about engaging with that emotion will get it and the people who would maybe just deal with it on a surface level won't so really pick it what's up. what's an example of how you would say, I'm feeling sad? Just an example. Oh, you Doesn't have to be from a song. Um, no, I don't know. I don't think I can... I wish I'd came up with a better Like I'm example. melting into the earth or something or just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like it would definitely be something more visual. Right. I don't know. Just, yeah, I mean, because, you know, somebody out there may be hearing this and going, oh my gosh, that's going to change my songwriting. <laughs> 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 you never know. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty, it's a great concept to do. I mean, I'm sure it's just, you know, for people that are used to songwriting, yeah. it's obvious. But well, when I, when I first I. heard that, I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I think the main thing is you don't have to say I. Yeah, right. Like, for instance, Soul Split, which was the first thing we released, also written by Joe, which I'll talk about Joe's songs, Joe's songs but anyway. Um, it's all right, yours next. Um, Soul Split is about what? You told me that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, going back to the Catholic theme. Yeah. Um, it's really kind of like... About an angel? Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost that Lu Lucifer story oh, about like, right. an angel yeah. who's like, this is, I'm sick of being an angel. I want to kind of like, you know, not just do this one thing. Um, so. I love the video for that one because you did it down the road from where oh, I grew yeah. up. Yeah, I think you gave us a, a heads up. Yeah, right. Like when we were location scouting. Yeah. I think you told so us nice. we should go and shoot there. <laughs> yeah, we it's got really covered cool. in ticks. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. our cameraman was finding oh, ticks no. on him like like weeks later. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad bugs don't really stick around me. Otherwise, it could have been terrible with the dreadlocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, were you sorry? So, I, 
So yeah, that's um, about an angel that fell <laughs> yeah, from right. heaven. Yeah. But was it, were you writing that because you were just considering the idea, or was it you expressing your emotions? I've never asked that, so I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think I was just considering the idea. Like, I think we're probably touching on the same things with me, like, being like, I've never really had a spiritual experience, but I'll ga- engage with it intellectually. Like, I feel like <laughs> a lot of my life is that. Angel. But, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. For me, the intellectual experience is, is part of... Yeah. That yeah. is the spiritual experience. Like, what What are you looking for? Where else is it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like... I don't know. Like, I... Sometimes What's it just like feel very you know, where everything changes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That I'm not. You're I'm not expecting like an actual apparition. I'm not very in tune or... with my internal states. I right. think is what it is like, and and part of this music stuff is is an exploration of that and trying to actually mm. pay attention to those things and and articulate them or express them in some way. But mm. I'm pretty like like probably for half of my life, I don't even think I had an opinion. Like, which is a weird thing to say, but like, I could go like probably up until like easily 17 or 18 years old, <laughs> I could go and see a movie and genuinely not be able to tell you how I felt about it, whether I enjoyed it or didn't like it or unless it was like so extreme on either end of that. Hmm. But it was like a lot of my life was spent, um, orienting myself socially with, by people around me. So like you'd go and see something and you'd kind of wait for cues to see if, other people enjoyed that experience and then you would be like, yeah, I also enjoyed that experience. I want to be part of the group and not really have this kind of internal compass or sense of, of direction. Well, that's trust, trust isn't it, really, yeah. in, your, in your authenticity or so, something. Yeah, like I mean, that's probably a part of it, but it's, it's this weird thing that, like, it's not even like I have those feelings and I don't trust them. It's almost like those feelings are, are absent or like oh. really, really quiet. And has, has that changed for you? It's It has changed, but I still feel like <laughs> like very much kind well, of clearly it's that changed. aspect of me is, is stuck. Yeah, you don't seem FTT. like... Yeah, exactly. You've obviously <laughs> got opinions. How, how do you think it like went through the process of changing then? What was... Well, I've got Is, is writing music something for you that... Yes, yeah, definitely, out. and, and, and actively exploring those things. things. Yeah, yeah, Jem's been a huge part of that like as well. I am, like, opinion-centric, <laughs> yeah. right? I've got an opinion on everything. In fact, you've had the opposite effect on me, that I'm far more, like, chill about <laughs> stuff now. But, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's, that's one of the Spending reasons time with someone who's keep like, you around. Come on, have an opinion. Yeah. What is your opinion? And also, like, fight. just you won't get an opportunity. <laughs> and you also won't get an opportunity to talk unless you're bringing an opinion to the conversation. Yes, that's oh. true. Otherwise, I will just continue. Yeah. Indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you fall asleep. <laughs> Every now and then. Um, but, yeah, no, obviously, that, that's a thing that is changing. Um, but like some of the, like some of the songs I wrote Soul Split, it would have been in high school, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, and so that would have been one of those things where, yeah, I was really, I suppose, engaging with it as a story. I quite like stories. Um, and so it was more just exploring that story and looking at that character and Mm. not necessarily intentionally expressing anything internal, but obviously it's going to have that in it because you can't tell a story without putting some of yourself into it. Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose it also helps with that that's that fear around sharing too much of yourself that if you're telling a story 
um, yeah, you can always say, oh, I'm just telling a story. Exactly. And, and that's the metaphor yeah. thing as well. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just poetry. It's just a metaphor. It's yeah. not like, it's not my real feelings. Yeah, yeah. It's so scary, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you find those songs are easier to do live? Well, that's another thing that, like, I'm really trying to work on them at the moment is engaging with them live because there's so much you have to be doing live in a live show that it's very, very easy to focus on the technical aspect and mm. not engage with it energetically. Yeah. And so a lot of times I will be thinking about things I have to do next and like, you know, just thinking if I'm on pitch or, you know, like all these other things and not really even thinking about the lyrical content of things. I have a very good audio memory. So I store things as almost like little audio clips mm. in my mind. So I can repeat sentences or lyrics back without, without the, the, the meaning behind them yeah. as just like kind of phonetic things, which mm. is really good for having to multitask and sing and then also play another instrument or do other things. But it's not good for an engaging performance. It's not good for actually engaging with the stuff mm. that you're presenting that, to How people. are you working on changing that? Um... One of the things is doing the Arwen chants at the start mm, and making yeah, sure right. you're really kind of centered and in the moment before you even start playing. Um, and the other part is actually just actively doing that mm. in the same way that like if you're meditating, you're bringing your focus back to your breathing or, you know, some kind of central thing like just mm. trying to get into the habit of checking back in and going, think about the words you're saying, think about the things you're doing mm. and kind of try and connect with those because... And choosing the tasks that both of us are doing, right? Yeah. Like, for instance, we used to... I guess we used to try and just be both as forward as possible, like, in the in, in physical sense. like and On the stage. On the stage, yeah. yeah. And both be doing essentially the same thing. So both singing and playing things and both be equally engaging. But... Knowing that, like, I I find it, I, I don't know, maybe just about a matter of practice or having been the circus performer or, you know, being out of the different church or whatever, that I find that if I can get out the front and I can start dancing, in particular, moving my body and actually, like, expressing, get it out of me, then all the stage fright goes mm. and then I can be more forward. And if Joe can be back and actually have all the technical stuff in front of him and be a little more like protected from the audience, <laughs> then he can put his emotions into it. Yeah, right. Whereas like if I'm behind things, I'm like, I I'm not I'm not connecting to people at this point. Like there's too many things in front of me. I can't dance. Yeah. Uh, I feel static. Even when I'm like even when I'm lecturing I pace and I throw my arms around. So I have to be like in really physical. And Joe doesn't need to be as physical you need to be more internal i would say yeah although i think that's like i think i do need to be more physical like i think sure, i should aim sure. towards that i think the fact that i keep going to internal because even when i seem like i'm maybe like closed off and internally engaging like with my eyes closed it's still technical thoughts happening well, and sure, and sure. And when I, I'm dancing, it's not always that I'm in body. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, do I look <laughs> stupid? Am I going to fall over? That's always on my mind. Like, oh my God, I'm going to fall over. I'm going to fall over. No, I'm not going to fall over. Whoa, I almost fell over. Like, <laughs> that's really do, my internal dialogue. Do you find when those kind of thoughts are with you that you're, like, it's, is that, like, the, the low point? And, and they're, what, yeah. like, what's a, and it's better when you're not having those feelings 
about process and it just yeah you have to get the balance though because if you get too into it yeah then then you might like i might be like whoa i danced like way too hard just then and now i'm meant to sing a note and the notes come out yeah yeah Yeah. so you've still got to have that awareness of keeping things in check and obviously you've got to think about technical things otherwise it doesn't happen yeah (laughs) no 100 but like being being really present being in that kind of flow state where you just feel like mm. you're right in the moment. Yeah. Um, that's that's usually when it feels really good. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. having, I think you can get flow states with anything, yep. not, mm. not just with music. It's really interesting sure. hearing you guys talking about it, about, about music. Um, I remember having a flow state with pouring beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally can. <laughs> you're talking to a bartender. Yeah. Yeah, I know, no, yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah. what you're talking about. So I was working at the Bavarian <laughs> Beer Cafe and they have these big Stein mugs and you can kind of, stack them on top of each other and you could get like four going at once and then put things in the till yeah yeah go back and change them all around and people would be watching going how are you doing all of that and you're having a conversation yeah with someone at the same time what you've been doing today you know and doing all this stuff and and yeah it can be kind of mind-blowing but just the repetition of doing something over and over again you end up being able to do anything with flow and i'm certain that you know the more you guys are doing this yeah, that's exactly the, what it is. It's the, the less hesitant thoughts there'll be. Yeah. yeah, it's like getting all the technical stuff down, rehearsing mm. all the technical stuff so it's almost muscle memory at that yes, point. And muscle, you can, yeah. you know, there's different sort of layers of engagement then. You can be thinking about the technical stuff and doing going through all the process while still, you know, having mm. that conversation or still being able to engage with whoever's in front of you in an actual genuine, meaningful way. Yeah, mm. when I was in... In martial arts, um, I learnt the, the concept of mushin. Have you heard of that? No. It, it means without mind, literally. But it, um, it means uh, without, without thinking, not mindlessness or thoughtlessness mm. or, or any kind of ethical thing on it, but, but to do something in the state of flow to, without hesitation, thoughts, mm. and without too much. Yeah, just doing it naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really big concept in, in martial arts um, mm. and in Japanese philosophy generally. Oh, yeah, motion. But that was sort of my doorway to understanding Owen. Yeah, um, okay. I think that's really important. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's exactly why something like me talk, me lecturing or whatever, teaching, mm. is so easy. It's mm. because I know that stuff. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know that whatever comes out of my mouth, look, sometimes it's ridiculous. And... But I know that I can fix it on the spot because I know the material well yeah, enough, right? exactly. Or I know that I have enough of an intelligence that I can fix it on the spot or I can just go, oh, that was a bit, that's not right. Anyway, move on to the next thing. Um, but that's, it's, it's just it's that practice. You're just in flow at that point. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, how long have you been doing this for now? The music? Uh, Probably four years, three or four? A bit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. As Dipsy Lights, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a good like sense that. of time, so I'm the worst Three person to ask those questions. Three to. or four, yeah, I don't know. And oh, wow. how do you feel like it's been developing? Like, like are you in, like, what's we're the really process? Ex- yeah, we're really excited about writing the album. Mm. I'm excited oh, about you, writing the album. So, when have you got the album coming out? Well, we uh, haven't started, we're just about to start writing it. Yeah, it'll probably be the end of next year. Yeah. Okay, um, this is a big process. But you've got but some things out already, right? That people can yeah, yeah. And we've got stuff to release in the meantime, actually. So the yeah, the plan oh, right. is to maybe ease off the gigs a little bit, um, and we've got plan probably about five, six ish <laughs> things that are pretty much completed. They just need to be recorded or put into some kind of tangible format. So we'll probably do get all that stuff together and then have that 
to sort of release in the period where we're writing right. so that there's still stuff coming out. So people out. can look forward to new things coming out. Yeah. Exciting. Yes, hopefully. I mean, yeah. if, they, if people have seen us live, it's probably all stuff that they've seen live before, but mm. um, hopefully in slightly... Oh, no, there's some new stuff there too, actually. There's Is a couple there? of new tracks that we want to oh, release. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Doesn't so we do have a bunch yeah. of new stuff, <laughs> singles and covers and things that we want to release. Um, and then, yeah, write this album, but we kind of want to put it together with a show as well. Great. So the idea is to have a concept album that sort of essentially goes through a ritual. Yeah, I was really inspired by Wendy, Wendy Rule. You know how, yeah. have you seen her perform? Yeah, yeah you know she does a circle pretty... song at the beginning. I haven't actually seen her perform, no, but I do oh, know right. of her. Yeah, yeah. she um, sets a, a circle. At the start of her, she oh. has a song, which is the circle song, which is a song that you would sing if you were starting a ritual. And she oh. does that right at the start and just, it just sets the space and then goes from mm. there. But we were thinking of kind of actually making the whole thing. A, the idea of the album will be to actually set a circle for what comes after the album. Mm. Wow. Really. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to but, see that. That's I mean, going to be great. I hope you're on board because I don't know if we've actually talked specifically about this, but we don't necessarily want it to be super in your face. Like this no, is, you know, yeah, like it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, a bit more subtle, yeah. like engaging with those concepts. But I, those. I really enjoy that. Like I, I really like music where you can say to your pagan friends, Oh, listen to this. How cool <laughs> is this? But you can also say to your friend who's not pagan, Oh, this is a great musician. You're going to enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. it anyway, and they won't ever know. Yeah. But yeah, it's sort of there for people who recognize it to see. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. I think we're both really big on that, like having a kind of core idea or structure that people who want to engage with it can relate to, but not having that be yeah. all it has, like actually having it be good mm. music and yeah, like something yeah. you could just put on and be like, yeah, this is just a great track. Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to exist in that setting. Um, but we want to kind of build that album and then build a show around it. So kind of have a show that we can just tour rather than be like, you know, now we'll just start doing gigs and putting sets together. Be like, this mm. is actually a show mm. that we then want to go and take to different places and maybe do a little Australian tour or something, depending on how successful it is. But we've got some grand ideas about props and, and stage sets and things like that. Right. That I'm always hesitant to share because... No, don't share No, no, no. Keep it a surprise. We'll be excited when yeah. it's, once we see it or... Yeah, yeah, that sounds fantastic. We can always do another podcast sometime when you've got something else coming up. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, but all right. So, so if people are looking for you and they just want to know what's coming up next, um, they can Facebook. find you guys Deep Sea Lights on Facebook. And Correct. do you have your own website, or is it yeah. just mainly on? Yeah, yeah. we got deepseelights.com or something. Uh, from the deep sea. Oh, from deep. the deep sea, all one word. Yes. Dot yeah. com. com. Cool. Uh, so that's got all our social media stuff and fab yeah great sweet awesome so thanks guys um thanks for talking unless you, you wanted fun. to say something about that song then yeah i think we only talked about joe's songs oh yeah oh no that's Go fine on. we don't talk <laughs> about anything no no we can talk about that later once we release more of the stuff that okay. i've written oh, all right all of a sudden the spotlight's yeah, on you when you go explain your lyrics <laughs> well yeah okay well thanks that was awesome yeah so, thank you great